Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Friday episode. This is a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap, uh, and I'll put the timestamp of where that starts, but we're going to have a little surprise today. We're going to start off with two fabulous actors, Miss Gina Rodriguez and Mr. Damon Wayans Jr., because they are a part of a new Netflix romantic comedy film that just got released on Valentine's Day called Players, and I think you're going to love it. I know I mentioned on Monday's show I went to Netflix, uh, their offices over the weekend, and I got to participate in a junket where I got to talk to them. So this is a quick, like, 10-minute interview where we talk about the film, and it was really fun. This is, like, the first one I've gotten to do kind of in person. Like, I've never done really a junket before. So it was a real learning experience for me because I'm used to doing everything over like these like Zoom and computers. So it was, I mean, it was just fabulous. It was just so fantastic to be there, to sit across from these fantastic actors. I got to tell you this Damon Wayans Jr., I think he is, I mean, a very strong romantic lead, but I think this is right up your alley. I love recommending things for you to watch, and I think you should add players. It's that good old-fashioned romantic comedy that we love, and it's got this really great quirky sense of humor, but, you know, that you got to watch this weekend. You also got Love is Blind, the new season on Netflix. We got six episodes of that to catch up on. I also recommended True Detective later on in this episode, but I wanted to read to you really quick the log line of this movie players to see if it's up your alley or not, because I think it is. It says New York sports writer Mac, who is played by Gina Rodriguez, devises successful hookup techniques with friend Adam, Damon Wayans Jr., and their crew. But when she unexpectedly falls head over heels for one of her targets, they all must learn what it takes to go from simple from simply scoring to playing for keeps. A logline of a movie is what the movie is about. They always call it the logline, you guys. But that's the logline for this movie. But it is great. She has like this team of friends and they kind of, they're not running scams, but they run plays on people, like like kind of hookup techniques. It's really funny. Those are my favorite scenes of the movie. But there's also one thing where she talks about in the scene, she wants to get from this guy, she wants to get her own drawer at this guy's place. That's when she'll know she'll have succeeded in this relationship with this guy. So here is a clip from the movie, and then we'll get into the interview after that. Just need you guys to get me out of the one-night stand category and into the formal dating category. But that's the hardest part. Yeah, deprogramming simple dude brain is like landing on the moon. So it can be done. By astronauts. And very competent ground crew. That is so true. Dream work makes the team work. Need to play, guys. What do we got? Yes. Um... No. Mm. Oh, I got nothing. They're all just for hooking up. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna need to make some adjustments. Let's just focus on the foundation first. Crepe Suzette. Lactose intolerant. Wavering Aquaplan. Did you even look 
at the weakness chart. There's a weakness chart? Look at the weakness chart. There's a weakness chart? It's right there. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's the weakness chart. Whiskey a go-go. I tossed out those boots. No. Chemical spill. I'd have to leave the country. Betsy Ross's mother. I'd have to fake my own death. I can help you with that. Do we not have a play? We've never played for keeps. We've never played for keeps. No, these are a bunch of friends that they run these things called plays and they have all these little code words for them as you just heard in that scene of plays they run. They draw up reports on uh, the people that they're going after and it's really cute. It's really funny. So check out the movie Players on Netflix this weekend and here is uh, my conversation with the amazing... God, God, I wish I could have done a full hour just talking about both of their careers because they've had the most insane careers. I do get to talk about uh, Gina Rodriguez was on Hollywood House Lift this season with Jeff Lewis, the first episode, and I got to talk because she had like a very specific swing in her and her husband's bedroom, and you'll hear that come up at the end of the interview, which was very funny. But yeah, I recommend this movie called Players. Here are Gina Rodriguez and Damon Wayans Jr., and then after that, we'll go into the Beverly Hills recap. We have the legend Gina Rodriguez and the MVP Damon Wayans Jr. with us from Players. Now, uh, you guys have insanely good romantic chemistry in this movie. How do you develop romantic chemistry? Be friends for eight years? Yep. <laughs> so you've been friends for eight years? <laughs> yeah, we've been friends for a while. Um, she did an episode of Happy Endings, we had a show called Happy Endings, years yeah. back. She uh, was my work wife on one of the episodes, and we just had so much fun off camera. I mean, on camera as, as well, but... We just made like you know a lifelong friendship right there. And yeah, and you, like, you oh, can tell. Yeah. I mean that like pops off the screen. Absolutely. Um, uh, I was joking with you guys before about the importance of a drawer for a woman, and that is one of your goals in this film is to get a drawer. Um, can you explain why it is important for a woman to have a drawer and what you would put in it? So I personally never was after getting a drawer. The men would beg <laughs> to put my toothbrush in their bathrooms. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. To use it for various things, sure. which is really cruel. But, but. But I guess the importance of like solidifying yourself in someone's space is is a thing. Yeah. It's definitely a thing. It's saying like I I enjoy you enough. To have you enter my space, but then also other people will see that you have entered my space, which means nobody else can enter that space. That's true. It's kind of like marking your territory, huh? It's pissing. It's pissing. Um, yeah. it's pissing. The right in the middle the of their bed. Piss in my drawer. Please, yeah. <laughs> is the drawer or important that. to you at all, Damon? Um, I, I, so my wife, my now wife, um, I was in Miami, and she went to come visit me um, in Miami. This is like our first kind of time, like, flying to see each other in Miami and she comes and she comes in and she has like her suitcase and stuff. I'm just like, uh, aren't you gonna get like a hotel room? She's like, no. And she starts setting up all this stuff. Yes, like queen. In there and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> we spent the whole weekend together. That's perfect. Yeah. And now you're married. Yeah. Um, it was a little weird at first. I was like, what the hell is going on? That's my, a queen right there. Yeah, she's a queen. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite parts of the film are your group of people running plays. It's my favorite part. Did you have a favorite play that you ran in this film, and what was it? Mm, I loved all our plays. I think my favorite play to see was the um, the one where 
you're wearing the red dress mm. when you go to the, uh, the, the drip classical drop? music. Classical yeah. music. Oh. Is it drip drop? I don't know no, if it's it drip, drip drop, drop, but I know that you guys. <laughs> I was like, these people are crazy. When they called the uh, the date to be like, there's an emergency at the hospital. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're fully psycho. Yeah, <laughs> but fully. that was my favorite one because like it just showed how the the lengths yeah. that our team will go through to to um, to get what they want. I also like the one where you had to like spray to spray your boobs with yes. the, <laughs> with the that. yeah that was just fun for and me. And I too. asked, how are the boobs? Yeah, I was like, they're the boobs. boobs. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody watching this will actually go back to the time they were trying to impress a man or a woman, mm-hmm. and I was going over those for me. And I had a friend who, if it wasn't going good for him, I was his wingman, and I would have to go in and say, hey. This guy guest starred on Frasier once, and I would have to try to impress the, did you ever run any sort of plays or been a participant in your friend's plays in the past? So question about the Frasier thing. So yeah. would you just be off on the side, like looking to see how it goes? Or did yeah, I would you be have sad a with the beer. No, I was just oh. like, at, it was like at a bar, and then oh, you would okay. just sit sadly with your beer and then just wait for You'd the call. You'd wake up, you'd be like, from Frasier, right? Exactly. Patrick? What? Yeah. <laughs> Gina looks very scared right yeah, now. So that's great. That's, I like that. Well, that's commitment. It I mean, commitment. I really appreciate your friendship. You clearly are very loyal. Um, I often just support my girls in their in their place, but it's never spoken. Yeah. You just kind of know immediately. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh, I see. What, oh, I see what we're doing here. Assist. <laughs> yeah, there's certain friends also that I have that I mean. I would never help them because it's like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, God, when they showed up with a girlfriend, I was like, oh, someone likes you? Yeah. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like some people I'm just like, I can't. And then there's other people that I, I will definitely like, yeah. you know, uh, make sure the conversation is flowing and, you know, stuff like that. But nothing like, I'm not like, like. Frazier? No. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm You're a really player. good friend. Yeah, I, I'm a decent friend. This was a decade ago. It was a long time ago. Um, this film releases on Valentine's Day, and I was mm. thinking this is going to be a very important film for people celebrating Valentine's Day. Mm. They're going to go out to dinner. They're going to come back, turn on Netflix, and you guys will be right there. There's, mm. pre- there's pressure in that. You are going to end a lot of people's Valentine's Day romantic escapades that night with your film. You're welcome. Mm, that's interesting. It's you know, there's parts in the movie that are kind of like, you know, turn you on. You're sexy. Make you swell up a bit downstairs, you know what I mean? Swell up oh a bit. A little bit. Made a jump. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, not full, but like, you know. It's just semi. slightly swollen. Yeah, just yeah. like, hey, no. That's a great tagline for the movie. Get swole with us on yeah, Valentine's Day. Yes. Get swole with us. You did that for us, right? Thank, Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're an executive producer on this film as well. <laughs> Swole. Yeah, Swole. Um, you're an executive producer on this film as well. Were you involved in all of the casting for this? Because, like, once again, that team is just perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will. Ne- there is nothing I could take credit for, but all the desires, hopes, and dreams were for this cast, and we were so lucky we got them. I, I mean, I wanted Damon the second I read the script, and before I said yes— and then I was praying he would say yes. Lies I've wanted to work with for years. I met her on the red carpet of the SAG Awards like five, six years ago. And I was like, I will work with this, you know, incredible stunner one day. Love Tom from Lucifer. Joel, I just think is just so precious. And when you're thinking about little, you just need like a 
like a innocent, yes, mm-hmm. good-hearted, yeah. just pumpkin. And that's how he is in real life. Yeah, too. yeah. And then Augustus, I knew his work, and we did a chemistry read together. And the second I met him, I was like, mm-hmm. "That's was, him. That's him." Here we found him, and have, he's like a prize. Go. I have a question about the Tom Ellis of it all. Did you? Did you? Is that part of you, or is that? Yeah. Yeah. You were just like him. Well, it just <laughs> had to be like that. Um, Perfect man. No, that that idea of like uh, what we th- believe is mm-hmm. the the, perf- the ideal guy. Just what we've created. Says Tuesday, like Tuesday. Yes, yeah. He said Tuesday, so cool Tuesday. in that movie. I was like, on a Tuesday. I was yeah. like, there's no ch, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fire. Friday. It was, but fire. It was yeah, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just that like uh, that that fake that that illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to shoot this in New York as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you went to school and grew up there? Or is that, is I didn't that... grow up there. I went to NYU and yeah. then lived there for a few years afterwards, yeah. It kind of has that amazing New York flavor to it, which oh, yeah. I really like. And, and being able to shoot there has to be magic. Was there any insane experiences shooting in New York? Um, hurricane? The hurricane. That That'll was strange, yeah. That was um, wild. Yeah. That was you know wild. what I like about New York? I like how every block has its own smell. Lots of smells. Yeah, so many smells. You're just like, oh, is that pee? Mm. Oh, that. Uh, oh, that smells busy. That's a newspaper. It smells like newspaper. Oh, that smells like the roasted shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. you don't know the what it is, but there's like roasted like nuts and like stuff like. Right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, yeah. Right. And this one's so specifically Brooklyn, which I think hasn't really been like true. Yeah, blown up yet because Brook- yeah. Brooklyn's delicious. Brooklyn's unique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie is actually unique, and I think, like I said, perfect movie for Valentine's Day. The thing that I was thinking about the entire time or towards the end is there's got to be a sequel, right? I mean, this is – I mean, it's – your relationship is there, but, like, come on. The team can still run plays. You could be a service that is hired out. I mean, right. is there any talks at all potentially? Give us a week. Yeah, give us a week. We'll a think week? on it. Let's do well, it right now. Well, when it comes out. Oh, that's yeah, true. If yeah, if it comes out and yeah, people yeah. Will respond to it, then, and you know. We should do it again. Yeah. Um, Netflix. What, <laughs> what is your perfect idea? What's your perfect Valentine's Day date, and why would it include this movie? Oh. Uh, well, why would it include this movie is because I'm in it. Um, <laughs> perfect, yeah. Gina's in it. Tom. Augie. Joel. Liza. Ego. Ego? Ego. 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 Ego's got an ego. No, she doesn't. She's great. Um, Ego's fantastic. But yeah, she was so damn funny. So damn funny. She's... Um, But yeah, I mean, and then my ideal Valentine... That's what I was telling her. I try to make every day uh, with my wife, like Valentine's Day, where I just, you know, I randomly get her flowers. That's... We we sit outside. We talk with each other all the time. Is this true? Absolutely. This is true. I love my baby. So Valentine's Aww. Day, every day is Valentine's Day. I try to make it. That's amazing. Unless, you know, unless we're fighting. But then I'm always the first person to make up. And it's not even real fights. It's just like, you know, when you live with somebody, yeah. you're just like, who took my, you know, charger? <laughs> we got in a fight over a charger. Charger's a big deal, yeah. actually. But it wasn't because of me. It was because, like, our kid, like, stole it. And then, you know, I was like, you want to be friends again? She's like, yeah. <laughs> And what's your idea of a, a perfect Valentine's Day date? Um, uh, I would say being with my son and my husband all day long, putting him to sleep exactly at 6.30, and he stays asleep until about, like, 10 or 11, so that those hours in between we get to watch this movie and make another baby. Oh. <laughs> wow. 
That is that is and perfect. it takes it takes that amount of time because she, her, and her husband are long love makers. Long, like it's never a quickie. I was like, I, I, I just saw you in Hollywood House Lift uh, <laughs> with the the swing. I uh, saw it with the swing. Sorry, I, it, was, it was amazing. The lovemaking swing in our uh, bedroom. Oh, I know. We talked yeah, about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me, you, and your husband, we talked about right, it. Right, right, right. He's right, like, if right, you want right. to come by and watch us perform. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in the sequel with the swole. Yeah. Um, with the swole. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm with Betches Media, and for all of our Betches out there listening, if uh, they don't have a love right now, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, what is your advice uh, for people to find love? Mm. Be yourself. Be yourself, and get off the apps and Unless go you're outside. Weird. No, I think fully be yourself, especially if you're weird. Because guess what? You're gonna find weird. another weirdie. That's true. And they're gonna love the shit out of you. You're gonna find another gonna, weirdie. Yeah, it's gonna that be amazing. I found my weirdie. Yeah, I take that back. Yes, be as weird as you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always be yourself. I feel like authenticity is lacking nowadays. So I feel like you 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 wanna stand out. Yeah. You want to be different. And I think you will find your your weirdie. You'll your find other your weirdie. weirdie. You will. And they wouldn't need your team to help them run any plays because they're being themselves. Just Absolutely. Being themselves. And then you know your love for who you are. And then that feels so good. And then you could get swollen and watch this movie together. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't get Also, than masturbate that. before you go out. There it is. That That's it a good is. one there for men. Calm you down. For women, yeah. that is oh, yeah, not no, yeah. as suggested yeah, you because then go you're just going to keep going. You can do it multiple <laughs> times. You never have to leave your house. And then you realize you do it best for yourself. <laughs> okay, we're now on to a trilogy of yes, Players film. This yep. is amazing. Well, uh, Gina Rodriguez, Damon Wayans Jr., thank you so much for thank doing you. this. And uh, we at Betches love you guys and love this film. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Get with us. <laughs> Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank. But with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, 
First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. This is your Friday episode. We made it, folks. We made it to the end of another week, and you've got the whole weekend ahead of you. So if you're listening to this on Friday or over the weekend, thank you so much for making me a part of your weekend or your Friday. I really, truly do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to do a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap for you. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about these ladies. And this is the penultimate episode because next week we got uh, some of the sweetest words that I ever hear towards the end of a long season of next week on the season finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was like, oh, hell yes. Because like I said last week, we've had so many high highs this season. Uh, but I do feel like it is time to end. And I feel like that because um, I, I feel like it, it, if certain cast members are only willing to share so much, there's nowhere else we can go. And and I hate to say that I am talking about Kyle Richards. We are going to find out next week that her and Mauricio are announcing a separation, um, which we saw that People Magazine article months and months and months and months ago. But now we're finally at that place where cameras picked back up to get the reactions from the other cast members and to see probably a very emotional scene with Mauricio, Kyle and their daughters and their dogs. Um, so, but the thing is this whole season has kind of hinged on Kyle in so many ways and she has not felt, I think, comfortable and, and right. It's hard, right? Like you, you sign up for a reality show. And part of that means you have to talk about your life, the good and the bad. It's like this game of hot potato, like, and Kyle had the hot potato this season and she didn't want to have it. And she did everything in her power to kind of, you know, let's, let's throw some attention over on an esophagus. Let's throw it over to Crystal and Anna Marie. Let's do this, do that. And the thing is this show, this season, I think would have really come together fully if Kyle would have been really honest with the audience. Because I'm not saying Kyle is not honest with herself, obviously. This person is a real human person that is probably dealing with this. Her family probably knew about this well before they filmed whatever scene we're going to see next week. Mauricio obviously knew whatever relationship it is with Morgan Wade. I mean, this is all stuff that she has been dealing with in her real life, but she's on a real reality show. And, uh, you know, obviously she doesn't feel comfortable sharing as, as much as I think the audience would want her to. So I think it is the right time to end this season, obviously. But it's kind of been a really weird lopsided season in some ways. Not been a bad season at all. Uh, there's been so many great little moments. I just think as a reality show viewer is that if we had really been open and honest with everything, and I know why she didn't, it would have been mind blowing. 
And that's the hard thing is to really realize these people are very real, that these are real situations. Uh, like I get so tired of hearing people going like, oh, the Kyle, the Kyle Mauricio thing. Oh, that's just set up for ratings. Oh, they just wanted attention or, you know, it's just it's the same kind of uh, skeptics and conspiracy theorists that said last season of Vanderpump Rules was completely fake. Guys, real things do happen in life. You know that. Like, think about all the real shit that, that went on in your life in the past five years. Things that you're like, oh, my God, thank God I didn't have a reality show cameras on me at that time. Like, things do happen. Crazy things happen. Things that we all say about our friends like, oh, God, thank God that wasn't me. That sounds awful. And I think, Kyle, this was the year that it all happened to her. And we're only seeing bits and pieces, tiny moments. And things that made us really curious. Uh, and we did our own speculation behind the scenes. You know, I think at the, you know, I, I really wanted the reunion, Andy, to ask her of like, Kyle, do you understand why so many people were so curious about the relationship with Morgan Wade because of how you teased it out with a music video, a documentary, constant hanging out, the separation from your husband? What other, I mean, you know the reality show game at this point. What else did you think that we would think at times? You know, you almost put Morgan in a bad position by putting her so far out there if this truly is just a friendship. And I'm saying all of this stuff where I deeply like Kyle. I mean, Kyle is OG of OG Beverly Hills. But I just get frustrated because there's always been an unwillingness to fully share. And I don't think she would actually think this about herself because I think she would be like, look, my, my sister troubles have been on there. Um, now I'm, you know, putting lightly my husband stuff out there, but it's always been kind of a, a little removed, you know, like she's been a little removed from this or she kind of runs away from it. And she's, you know, had a lot of the other cast members have the spotlight on them for all their trials and tribulations, including Miss Erica Jane, and has escaped a lot of that spotlight. But it finally shone on her and she didn't really want it. And as a real person, I, I can totally imagine why you wouldn't. But you signed up for a reality show. I don't know. That's just some opening thoughts, right? Hey, by the way, welcome to the show, folks. How the hell? Are you? Hey, are you guys doing good? I love that I just launched into that. I'm so, I, I you know, I've been doing so, I've done so many of these shows that it's like, I, I just now I'm just kind of starting into it. Because how it is, you guys, I, I feel I've been, I felt so out of it all day. I woke up early and I did the Jeff Lewis live after show over at uh, Sirius. And that was a lot of fun. And then I was on, the Daily Dose of Donna pod with Donna Bowling, and that was really fun to do. And then after that, I got wiped. I just wiped out. And I got to tell you, I, listen, I don't drink during the week anymore, and I had a martini and a glass of wine on Valentine's Day. I feel like I'm dying. Like I feel like it's like when you're like, oh, shit, aging is no joke. Like two drinks. I mean, I know you're like, well, that's that's a lot, but like I'm a big guy. Two drinks. I didn't even feel drunk at the time. I wake up. I feel like I'm I'm near death. I actually might be near death now. <laughs> like I might feel I might actually be near death. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube, I went and got a haircut today, but then I laid down to try to conserve energy because I'm near death, and I kind of ruined the. But anyway, it looks it looks kind of sharp on the sides because I'm doing the um the the crappy awards with Watch What Crap, and I'm going to present an award on Saturday. And the only time I actually do any kind of uh, personal upkeep is when I have to go to like BravoCon or the crappy award. So I went and got a haircut, my first haircut since before BravoCon. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's a haircut. I like when you go to, you know, for me, I go to a hairdresser and I'm just like, yeah, good luck. You know, like, what do you want done? I don't know. Whatever you think. Like, what do you, it's always somebody that I've never met before. I don't know. My hair's in your hands. You're the barber, right? Like, <laughs> so I've been out of it just all day, you guys. And I've been trying to get the inspiration to come down and talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like right now, I want to be watching This Is Me Now, the Jennifer Lopez movie that just came out on Amazon Prime. I swear to God, this isn't a commercial. That's out there right now, which is like an hour and 10 minute, I think just gigantic music video that looks insane. Like that's what I want to be doing right now. But listen, we got to make the donuts, right? That's There's so much good TV out there right now. So I watched tonight's episode of The Traders. Chef's Kiss, another great episode. I'll be doing a full recap of Traders on my Patreon. And that actually episode should hit Patreon tomorrow afternoon because I'm going to be recording it, I think, at like noon tomorrow. So that's I'm really excited to talk about that because I think it's just fantastic TV. And then when you compare it to something like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, all I keep thinking is like, maybe we need to add a game element in real in these Real Housewives shows. Maybe we need to do like a pretend murder game every season or something. You know, there is that element when you're watching the traders where it's like fun to watch these reality show personas in a new environment. But also there's a gameplay and an element and they take it so damn seriously. And you got Alan Cumming going. Who's going to die tonight, my pretties? You do not want to mess with me in my castle. Oh, my God. Phaedra, Kate Chastain, all of a sudden making a big move. You got Pilot Pete, who's all smug, is a faithful. Oh, goodness gracious, I love it. And you know what else I binged this week? The new True Detective uh, iteration, True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster. And uh, I guess this Sunday is the season finale. There's only six episodes. But I watched all five this week and I thought it was really good. I got really into it. And it's just not I think what is I watch so much reality TV that when I watch something that is scripted, you're like, this is really refreshing. I don't know. Are you guys watching that at all? Also, I talked to some of the stars from that movie Players, which you heard about earlier. Uh, Check that out. It's a really fun, uh, quirky rom-com on Netflix. It's a great, great watch this weekend. And also... On Netflix as well, we have the new Love is Blind, uh, and I can't wait. I believe six episodes are out right now, I believe. Um, I I was talking to Netflix. I didn't get to start watching that yet because it's a busy week, so I get to watch Love is Blind tomorrow after I finish my work. I'm really excited about that. My favorite episodes are when they're in the pods. And I told the people at Netflix last week, I was like, hey, is there any way, how much extra do I have to pay to just give me all the footage from the pods? Like, I just want all the conversation. I want the unedited conversations. I want awkward silences. I want if they fall asleep, just give me that footage and I will do with it what I need to do with it. Like, I just want, I want to understand how these people form relationships because we see them edited down into these little bite-sized morsels, but I want to see all of it. I want to see when they don't get along. I want to see when somebody farts. I want to see, I love that that's like the thing. (laughs) I need to see bodily. I need to see bodily functions happening. That's what I need, folks. Are you good? Was this week long for you? How did you feel? Did you did you make it through Valentine's Day? Was it was it hard? Was it romantic? Was it fun? Uh, I was thinking about you guys last night. I was just really thinking about how appreciative I am to still have an audience. Um, you know, it has not lost on me how lucky I am to have uh, you guys. And I will get at least one nice message. I see a day. I don't get to see a lot of my messages, but uh, you know. 
I, you know, there's usually one a day that I do see that I'm just like really kind of blown away that somebody took the time to write me. And I will say this too. And I keep saying, I'm going to do this and I just never do. I think I'm obviously this, it, you know, so many people are still writing me about my, uh, my mom and stuff and even checking in on my dad. And those are nice. And I always say like, I got to write something back really nice. And I just don't then because I don't know sometimes how to speak about it or accept that somebody else care. It, it's weird. Like, do you ever deal with this in therapy where you're like, I don't know, like, why do I use my voice to talk? But then it's hard for me to accept um, other people saying something nice or caring. Is that I mean, how messed up is that? Isn't that weird? I don't know. Well, have a good day, folks. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, and what are you guys doing this weekend? Do you have anything fun planned? I mean, remember, this weekend is your weekend to recharge. We don't have a Super Bowl, so we don't have to worry about any of that. And you can actually choose. Like, think about it. This weekend, you can do, you can do whatever. You can lay in bed all weekend. You can, you can eat a lot or you can eat healthy or you can go on a hike or you can read a book. You can hang out with family and friends. I mean, the weekend is yours. Ah, that's exciting, isn't it? I don't know. I got to think about what I'm going to do this weekend. I know I'm going to podcast a lot, but I got to do a couple of things. You know, I think maybe I'll go hiking. That could be nice. I feel like I'm about to do my grocery list with you guys. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to put I'm not going to make you do that. Anyways, if you want to come to the Patreon, I'll be talking traders tomorrow. Patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. But we had a great week, man. Vanderpump rules. The Titanic recap with Annabelle DeSisto. Uh, we had uh, Dumois on on the Pop Culture Roundup. We had the ladies from the podcast, even the rich and even the royals. I mean, do talented women that I really look up to. And uh, yeah, I mean, just it's a, it's been a great week. It's been so, so busy. And I hope you've had a great week as well. And for those of you that have possibly listened to all of these, once again, thank you. So let's get into the madness. Real Housewives of Booverly Hills. Now, Juliana, I, I'm going to do all my recaps as Alan coming now. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, Juliana Carroza as, uh, Carroza, as always, has taken notes on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Another bang up week. Uh, I think she is really, I mean, I've been working with her now for a couple of years and uh, she is just, she's an artist with her notes and now she'll put in little, little jokes herself. And I'll always kind of like be watching the show for the third time, going over it with her notes. And I will, I will like, LOL. I'll be like, ah, and that's why it's like, sometimes I, you know, I think the next show I recap, I'm going to probably start doing guests or we were talking about doing guests on Patreons for recaps. Um, because it's just so much more fun to talk about these shows with other people sometimes, instead of just watching one man and one man's voice just go slowly insane. So I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about. Okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13, episode 16. Let's Okay, this is called Diamond in the Rough. Now, I think that's a very funny title for so many reasons. Uh, of course, Anna Marie has a jewelry party at her place. But also, how funny is it that Erica is still wanting apologies from the ladies? And this is the same week that they released The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2 on Hulu. Uh, and it was a very exhaustively researched second part of this docu-series 
that really deals with those diamond earrings and a lot of other things that I still think paint Erica in a very bad light. And the fact that these episodes still wanting apologies from other people. And even though she pays a very expensive uh, therapist to teach her big words like empathy, to teach her big feelings like empathy, it doesn't seem to have truly landed. And I think one of the things that makes her a decent housewife is the ego. I mean, she has a massive ego, almost as massive as those $750,000 diamond earrings that she wants to hold on to. And I think that's going to bite her in that. Her ego is going to bite her in the ass again and again and again. And I think it's so interesting. If you have not seen that docuseries, I talked a little bit about it on the Patreon last this past uh, Monday. But I think it is very it's worth checking out to be like, yo, uh, pipe down, Erica, like maybe just just. Talk about your Vegas show and how excited you are for that and just pitch in with like group games and exercises with these other ladies and stop wanting apologies and trying to make your castmates feel bad when there's a lot of things that you still should feel very bad about. Uh, I, I really think she goes, uh, gets herself into hot water the more she brings this up. If somebody gives you an inch, don't kick the door even further open and try to take a mile. Anyways, the summary of this episode says... Sutton gets back in the saddle. And you know what that means, baby? We got a Santos appearance. And then Garcelle agrees to give her boys more freedom. Anna Marie throws a blinged out brunch. Crystal finally puts their issues to bed. And Kyle and Dorit question their friendship. Dorit is so jealous of Morgan Wade. She's like, Kyle, I love country music as well. I'm a child of the world. And I have the voice of a cowboy crooner, don't I, Jagaloo? Beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, boop, boop. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we had Sun's first date with that, that, that jag-off Steve. Where Steve was like, so what do you look for in a potential partner? Like, what is some of the qualities besides being like dashingly handsome? Because the guy is handsome. And Sutton smiles like, ooh, boy. Wow, I'm I'm picking up what you're throwing down. And then we have that scene with Erica's media manager going, we are so excited to present to you the Las Vegas residency. And Erica's like, Erica Jane is back. 
And then we have that scene at the beginning of the season, Garcelle with her twin sons at the beach going like, I feel like you're not letting me parent you. And Jax is like, I would like more freedom. And Garcelle's like, you get enough freedom. And Jax is like, not as much as I would like. What I told Garcelle at the beginning of this season, I said, just you kick those boys out. Yeah. You'll go swim into the ocean. Yeah. Like leave you. You don't have to live under the roof anymore. Take all the freedom you want. You will have, by the way, kids are always like this. I was just thinking about this last night. And for you that have kids right now, kids. Now I was watching true detective and thinking about this because Jodie Foster has like a stepdaughter in it. It's like, and we were all like this at a certain age. We just didn't appreciate how good we had it. We didn't appreciate our parents' wisdom. We didn't appreciate our parents trying to help us. It was like, huh, huh, you're not letting me have enough. I want to watch TV to 11 o'clock, not 10. That was the the big <laughs> the, the big fight at our household. No, it, you know, it, we, we always feel like that as children. And only when you start to grow older do you realize how effing hard our parents had it, you know, that they were like worried to death potentially about us if they were like kind of good parents in any sort of way. And then we were giving them grief the whole time. That's why it's funny, you know, because kids just don't get it until they're adults. Oh, then we cut to a scene with PK is like, there's a lot of fear in you that isn't rational, Dorit. So we have to talk about that. It's true if you're actually, oh, and Dorit, sorry, Dorit's like, that's true if you're actually here, but you're off in a jolly old England. And then we have a scene of Sutton and Spain going, well, I'm not just letting Merce go. I'm also letting my marriage go. I say, I'm saying I'm going to release the pain that I've been holding on to. Merce's ashes having to do the most work this season. So much work, even more than Tom Sandoval's assistant, Anne. I mean, also, I'm kind of, I, I feel like we missed an opportunity. I feel like we should have saved a little Merce and carried Merce with us the entirety of every next season. Like Sutton goes on dates. Well, well I want you to meet Merce. Muzz has kind of always been here, making sure I didn't get into no trouble with old dust-ups with no men on a date, I'll say, I'll say. I want Merce in every episode. Sutton also said, well, it's time to release everything. You know, stand on my own, to be alone. Completely scared, but I am strong. And then a scene of Anna Marie going, you need people to think that you're better than them. And Crystal going, the girl that calls herself a doctor who's a nurse. And Anna Marie's like, you're acting like a hormonal teenager. And then a scene with Mauricio from earlier in the season on the phone uh, uh, to his office going, you know, I have to go to New York and then to Portugal. I, I golf with Bob on the 27th and Kyle irritatingly on the corner going, how much longer are you going to be? And Mauricio's like, honey, I'm working. And Kyle's like, as soon as you can wrap up your golf schedule, let me know. Speaking about bratty kids, that's how Kyle has come off to Mauricio this season. And also, like I said, we will never know the real story because they kind of protect each other still, even if they're separated. So we don't know if cheating was a part of this. I mean, there's been little sprinklings this season with, you know, uh, at that party when Ojai, when Garcelle said, you know, would you, would you put up with cheating we've had those little moments but we never really you know we're i think we're gonna go away from all of this not knowing specifics because they feel like we don't need to know specifics you know it's a real relationship uh kyle to dorit in a scene going i've been seeing a therapist and now mo joined in oh great and how did it go he's so busy and so distracted he's a real shithead we're having an issue. Why can't you give that energy, Mo, that you give to the company? Kyle and I talking to Ed going, if there's no effort put into us, we'll never survive this. And that's kind of a double meaning, too, because at this point, I feel like Mo is potentially starting to put a modicum of effort into their relationship. And Kyle is the one being like, 
uh, I'd rather use the therapy just for myself. I don't want him to be there. Like that scene towards the end when he's holding her hand, I felt like, you know, his hand was like kryptonite to Kyle's. He was like, ah, oh, gross. I got to hold this guy's hand. Anyways, we do the taglines this week. I do want to point out one tagline is Dorit's fashion is my language and I speak it fluently. Is fashion her language this season? And usually these will give you a clue into what their storyline for the season will be about. And yet has there, am I, am I just forgetting uh, some Dorit Beverly beach scenario that happened this season? Like has fashion been her language at all this season? I feel like her language is literally like her literal stack line should be, ah, sticking feet into my mouth is my language. I sometimes will stick both of my feet in my mouth. <laughs> I speak it fluently. Yeah, but fashion, isn't it? Anyways, we uh, open up on a bouncy song. We're going to live it up. We're going to have a good time. We're going to live it up. And we drop over to Crystal's house where Zoe is glamming, uh, is getting glammed by her. Crystal, sorry, Zoe is glamming up Crystal. And Crystal's like, I don't think I have any face left. It's like, yeah, you do, mommy. You look like a clown, but that's okay. And Crystal's like, did Anna Marie get to you? How dare you, Zoe? No, it's cute, actually. The song keeps going. We're going to live it up. Come here, pour me a drink. No, I don't care what you think. And then we zoom over to Dorit in a designer dress. Maybe this is where she speaks fashion fluently. She's in a designer dress, but she's in a park playing baseball with her kids, Jagaloo and Phoenix. And Dorit's throwing the baseball. She's like, come on, Jaggy, run for it, run. And, you know, he's age nine. He drops the ball. And Dorit's like, come on, we're not going to get you on a major league baseball team that way. Take a lap. No, she doesn't that. She's like, Gotta catch those, Jaggy. And I wonder if this scene was kind of also a little like poke to PK of like, you should be out here playing ball with Jagaloo. I'm having to teach him the old pigskin, whatever the baseballs are made out of. And Jagger uh, throws the ball back and Dorit misses it. And she's like, you gotta catch those, mama. That was right in there. And Dorit's like, I'm not in Little League, honey. No, Dorit, you're in the biggest leagues of them all, the real housewives. So you better start act like it. Song plays. We're going to live it up. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. And we're over at Anna Marie's house. And we leave Anna Marie. No, Anna Marie speaking to her event planners, Lorene and Lulette. She's like, I'm thinking like a diamonds and champagne, kind of like a brunch for Mother's Day. Because who doesn't like dating, daytime drinking? And who doesn't like diamonds? I know my crowd here. Anna Marie's only, you know, been with these people for like, you know, a month at this point. Song plays. I'm so fresh. I'm so clean. Can't nobody do it better than me. Pull them up now. Out with a gangster lean. Can't nobody floss better than me. And we go over to Erica's. Or no, we're, we're Erica is at her therapist's house. Is that normal? Like to drive to your therapist's house. Like Dr. Jen man is like, listen, I will cut you a 10% discount. If uh, you come to me, like, I, I don't want to go into the office, just come to my house. And I wonder if Erica's like, this place is nice. Can I live here? Can I have a room for Mike and Minden? No, Erica's like, there she is. <laughs> Dr. Jen gives Erica a hug. Like, hello, our time starts now. Okay. And Erica's like, it's been a minute. And Dr. Jen's like, what is going, what is, what is going on for you? Now it's been a minute is always scary because how I've found therapy to be is that you've got to try to do it like weekly or sometimes two times a week. You know, it's like hitting the gym and it, it scares me when Erica says it's been a minute. Like it shouldn't have been, <laughs> it shouldn't have been a minute. Anyways, Erica's like, good stuff's happening. Like everything that I didn't think was possible is happening. And Dr. Jen was like, oh, you 
You got to keep the earrings then. No, Dr. Jen's like, it feels like yesterday you were saying to me, my life is over. And we flash back to 2021, Dr. Jen over Zoom saying in one fail swoop, you lost your marriage. You lost your financial security. You lost a friend. And Erica's crying. Uh, I'm so afraid. I'm Jane. Erica going, I was hopeless for quite a while. And now I have this residency in Las Vegas. So it's good freshen out. I have a lot of people that I need to make proud. And Dr. Jen goes, and, and who have invested a lot of money in you? Now, that's really interesting because we keep going on with the scene. But yeah, that is an interesting point because it reminds, once again, people have put money into Erica. You know, this Eric, this residency, it's not, uh, you know, Eric is not paying for this residency herself. Other people are paying for this for her. So I think that's an interesting point to put out is like, Erica, you do now. Once again, I just hope she's not putting herself in a situation where other people are paying for her lifestyle. This is truly a chance to become financially independent. And I just don't know. And I don't trust we would ever know the real answer if she's letting that happen. Anyways, Erica's like, I really want to surpass surpass any sort of expectation. But I'm also a little afraid, Dr. Jen, to be quite honest with you. And Dr. Jen's like, well, you've you're used to, you know, you used to have your husband and Unlimited funds. Sure. A lot of those funds were completely stolen, but uh, you know, you told me you didn't know about it. So I guess. Right. And Erica's like, yeah. Dungeon's like, and you had unlimited resources. It's easy to forget that Tom did support you before things got really bad. And Erica's like, right or wrong, good or bad. The man encouraged me to be here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, isn't it kind of messed up that I kind of could do those mental gymnastics in my brain of like, you know what? He did. He used client funds to like make you who you are. And in a sense, it is funny at the end of the day. I mean, you made the right move by, I guess, not talking to him at all and cutting off ties completely. But at the same time, there is that thing where that's why life life really messes with you. And it's hard to trust people. And maybe, just maybe, if you are buying your love or if you are accepting funds for your love to be given out, maybe just don't trust anything ever involved on either side of that because it's not going to end well for either party, right? Anyways, in a talking head's like, you can take risks when you have someone in your corner. Tom was the safety net so I can walk on the high wire. I love, she's like, you know, dancing at gay clubs. She's like, that's walking on a high wire, but teach their own. And I do wonder who is her safety net now? I don't think it's just her. Anyways, we did a flashback to Tom in 2019, Erica over the breakfast table. And she's like, I'm Roxy hot, honey. And I would not have this without you. And Tom Girardi's like, this is a big deal, baby. I'm really proud of you. Have I ever told you about the time I met John Wayne when I was a kid? And Erica's crying. She's like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Erica and the talking head continues. Now I no longer have the net. Oh, it can get really scary out here. Don't look down. Just keep going forward. And Erica to her therapist is like, obviously my legal things are quiet. Well, they're not completely wrapped up, but they're better. What a nice appeal the other day. I like that she says she won a nice appeal the other day. Kind of like I had like a nice piece of salmon. Oh, yeah. And a real nice piece of fish the other day. She's like, I won a nice appeal the other day. And Dr. Jen's like, yeah, congratulations. Are are you going to be able to pay me this week? We get a flashback to Barcelona one week earlier. And Erica's reading to the woman. 
The district court reverses the bankruptcy court's turnover order regarding the earrings. And when I tell everyone I got a favorable ruling in the earrings, one, part of my appeal, they seem to be quiet as church mice. And yeah, my feelings were hurt. Erica to Dr. Jen said, <laughs> so stuffed up. Erica to Dr. Jen says, we went on this girl's trip to Spain, Dr. Jen, and Sutton was there to release her friend's ashes. And she asked us what we are releasing and what we're letting go of here. And it comes my turn. And of course, I'm mad. Right there, it just shows how egocentric it is. Like Sutton is there to release her friend's ashes. ashes. But I found a way to make it about me. We get a flashback to that release day where Erica stood up in front of the lady and goes, I'm here to let this go in representation of all the hurt I feel many of you have contributed to. I feel like at this moment, production should have had like a van of all the Tom Girardi victims come out and like, hey, what do you guys want to release? Anyways, Dr. Jen goes, I think you're unresolved. Unresolved. And Jen's like, well, when the shit hit the fan, you were hoping to get support. And instead, what you got was judgment criticism of old Erica Jane. We get a flashback to 2020, which, oh my God, this dinner scene. Remember the dinner scene at Kathy's, the iconic dinner scene at Kathy's? where Sutton was like, well, I don't trust that 100% of what you told us is the truth. It was the same dinner scene where uh, Rena grabbed the bell and she was like, ha! I know that sounded annoying, but I just wanted to remind you of how annoying Lisa Rinna has been in the past. Uh, that was an iconic scene. And then a scene in 2021 where Garcelle's like, well, why won't you just go fuck it? Let's pay the victims. And then also in 2021, Kyle yelling, you're not showing any, any compassion. Erica to her therapist is like, I want to release what I've gone through with these women, Dr. Jen, to the past. But at the same time, I think I'll never get what I'm looking for. Just like the band U2 says. And Dr. Jen says, well, I think ultimately closure has to come from you. You have to be no holds barred and continue to do the growth work that you've been doing. Oh, I've been doing growth work. I've been helping a lot of men grow. I'm Erica Jane. I'm talking dick. Well, if you've learned nothing from the past few years, Erica, is that something shitty can happen to you and you can recover. And you don't know who's got your back and who doesn't. Yeah, I love when somebody's got my back. You know what I'm talking about? I'm Erica Jane. I'm having sex all the time. I'm a dirty bird. And Dr. Jen's like, I'm going to need you to ask. I'm going to ask you to leave right now. A song plays. No. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh. We take a hike over. And by the way, I do want to see Dr. Jen's records. Like who does pay for Erica? Like, is that come out of Beverly Hills money? This summit, like a, like a wealthy benefactor. Like, let's see the bills. We take a hike over to the paddock riding club to visit Santos. Yes. What a year to be named Santos after George Santos, right? Sutton drives up as a horse is being walked over to a riding ring and Sutton's like, well, look at him, Avi. Oh my goodness. No. Oh no, no, no. That may not be him. And Avi's like, no, he has white hair. And Sutton's like, well, it looked like him for a second from afar. I say, I say, there he is. He's over there. And Nicole, Sutton's horse trainer, because of course Sutton has a horse trainer named Nicole. She's there to meet him. And Sutton's like, well, I thought he was in the ring already. I told him to bring Santos to the ring. And Avi's like, hi, Uncle Avi brought you a purple cat carrot. And Sutton's like, those carrots are, are, are for Santos. You're for Santos. <laughs> Santos, eat Avi. Eat Uncle Avi. No, Avi selects a purple carrot. But this Santos, he's wily. He grabs a carrot from this bag and just steals it. 
and they all just share a wealthy person laugh. Uh, Sutton and that talking head goes, well, I've always wanted to have a horse. So when now I have Santos and I haven't had my own horse since spending summers in Texas with my grandparents. And it feels like I'm a little kid again. I say, I say, I am just delighted. And Nicole's like, how are you feeling about riding him? And uh, for the first time, and son's like, well, I'm good. <laughs> let's, let's get me back in the saddle. Nicole is talking to Santos, who's trying to steal more carrots, like, hi, you're getting more carrots after. And Sutton's petting Santos's face. It's like, and don't eat my diamond carrots, Santos. Don't eat my diamond rings. Sutton and their talking heads like, well, it's my first time riding Santos. And I'm a little nervous because he's a big old boy. I say, I say, but he knows me now so I can ride him. Sort of like when I'm dating someone, I say, I say, I get to know him first before I ride him. <laughs> How Sutton, stop hanging out with Erica Jane. You are not like the, talking about riding your suitors. How? <laughs> Sutton, sort of like when I'm dating, sort of like when I'm dating someone. Because you know, if Sutton ever does get into sexy time with a suitor, she'll be like, she'll be like, well, this is like when I'm riding my horse, Santos. And they'll be like, what? Yeah, I got a horse. He ate, he eats purple carrots. Now I'm riding you. Anyways, Sutton is wearing her equestrian riding helmet and she gets up on the mounting block to get on Santos. And Sutton's like, well, it would be far, it would be more for me to fall off the stairs uh, than the horse. <laughs> And Nicole's like, well, it's a little way to fall, so I hope that's not the case. And Nicole leads Santos into the ring. And Nicole's like, I think right now we're going to stay in this area. Well, okay, whatever you say, Nicole. And Nicole's like, well, let's try with a little bit of trot, shall we? And Sutton clicks her tongue. Okay, let's go, Santos. And uh, Avi's videoing the blessed first riding event. Sutton's bouncing in the saddle. And Sutton's like, oh, my butt will never be the same, I say, I say. And Avi yells, come to me. I want to take a picture. And Sutton's like, let me focus, please. Please, Avi, please. We see a car arrive and park and Kyle gets out and walks over to the ring. Kyle's like, well, hello, beautiful. Well, hello, Miss Kyle Richards. And Kyle's like, talking to the horse. <laughs> I'm kidding. You both look gorgeous. Kyle getting a jab in there. Kyle in a talking head says, are we certain that Sutton's ridden a horse before? <laughs> she looks about how she did riding the bull in Las Vegas. Sutton in the room going, yeah, he's bumpy. Oh, my goodness. I wish I had practiced that Magic Mike show earlier. I was wearing my, my dick riding pants, and they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't pull me up on the stage, but that's better because I'm on the board of two minor league baseball teams and a ballet company. They flash back to Sutton in Vegas, and they put a side-by-side -side with her riding Santos in the ring. And Sutton is like, well, let's take you home, Santos. We're going to go back to your apartment that is that is nicer than anything Ryan has potentially ever lived in. Let's go. And Kyle's like, I'm going to wait over here and watch your bag. Um, <laughs> Sutton, by the way, this is Juliana put this note in here going, and I, why Sutton was dis. <laughs> Juliana looked at the still shot and Sutton was dismounting and you can see her butt and she's wearing riding pants with the pads in the rear. That's the kind of detail we're looking for folks. That's what you're going to get from this podcast. You're, did any other podcast notice that she's wearing riding pants with the, pad, the pads in the rear? No. Anyway, Sutton was like, well, that was a good first ride, Kyle. Kyle's like, well, look at you. You're a jockey. Well, Kentucky Derby awaits. And Kyle's like, he has a beautiful horse. Wow, he's everything. How are you feeling since you got back from Barcelona? And Sutton's like, well, you know, I think all in all, I thought it was, you know, super fun. I like, you know, 
Well, spreading those ashes, super fun stuff. It was a great trip. It really was. Well, I thought it was really great. The, the healing ceremony was beautiful, I'll say, I'll say, but I was very emotional. And I, I had a rough day that day. I know. And we had a flashback to that day where Sutton was crying to Kyle, talking about being anger, angry for so long about the divorce, how it consumed her. And Sutton telling Kyle, you know, it was letting go of her marriage. She texted Christian that morning and she said before she before Christian leaves, because remember, he's going overseas for his job. She wanted to say goodbye and good luck because he's you know got a lot on his plate. Sutton and a talking head's like, well, Christian has now gotten a big old promotion in his job and it's taking him out of the country. And it's going to be a lifestyle change for me, even though we aren't married. I say, I say, but he lives down the street, you know, and if I fell, I always knew he'd be there for me. And if I fall now, I'm falling by myself unless I can train Santos to pick me up. Now, that's wild for a couple of reasons. I never do really that Christian lived that close. And I do wonder how often they did see each other. Was it like, well, I'm, I'm over here to God borrow a cup of, cup of sugar? Christian, come on, let me, come on, sister Christian, let me borrow a cup of sugar for all of a sudden, your ex. Um, and the other thing she puts, if I fell, I always knew he would be there for me. Does Sutton have balance issues? I mean, I think that's a rhetorical question because I think we've seen that she really does. In fact, later in this episode, she's like, oh, Anna Marie doesn't have a railing. I won't need to put my hands on something to get up these two stairs. Like it's worse than, you know, Monica Garcia at, uh, at, and Angie Katz and Davis's place. Like, it seems like there's real balancing issues because she's now, well, if I fall, I always knew it'd be there for me. Like, I know that's probably like a deeper meaning, but I'm also thinking maybe Sutton just falls a lot. Anyways, Kyle's like, how long have you been divorced now? Well, let me see here now. Carry the one uh, is either six or seven years. I always get confused. You guys go to therapy or anything? A very leading question because Kyle wants to say she's going to therapy. Well, no, I mean, I think we got separated and that's what I thought maybe we would do. Neither one of us had ever been to therapy and Kyle's like, I'm going to therapy now. Mo and I are going together. Well, how's it going? Well, what I've learned in therapy is that I hate Mauricio. No, is that we've been really working a lot and taking on a lot and that's really created so much time apart. Well, that, I mean, that's really what happened in my marriage, Kyle. And all of a sudden, his career went way up and I just kind of stayed down there. See, I'm, I'm staying and we're both well, you're both doing this. And she holds the hands at equal heights. And Kyle's like, right. It's just, it's just a lot. We started out with nothing. We flash back to 2018 to an agency party in their home where Kyle's speaking to the guests. My husband was in the clothing business and we had just, I, my husband used to work at a gap for kids and we had just had Farah and Alexia. And Alexia was just six months old and he'd lost his job at the gap and he came home and he was Balling? Is that a word? It's always great when you uh, emasculate somebody in front of their employers, uh, employees. And Mauricio was like, I was balling, Levine. And I was like, he sat down and I said, why don't we go and get our real estate license? And you can eventually screw over my sister's husband. <laughs> she goes, it was a really big risk. Sorry. I feel like I'm being a little extra mean today because I'm just don't feel good. So I'm sorry. Anyways, there are seven people at the agency and now there's three billion. No, she's like, now there's 485 agents at the agency. How dare you, Kyle? You want to ruin the livelihoods of these 485 people because you're not feeling your relationship with Mo anymore? I'm kidding, but that is wild. That's a huge, and that is a huge time commitment, no matter if Mauricio is just a figurehead of that business or not. And son's like, well, your lives have blown up, Kyle. It's a lot of change, a lot of change. Wherever now and then, you won't have to make some sacrifices, both. Yeah, on both sides, yeah. I know, but he will never not work. Obviously, you can turn down certain things. And son's like, well, you're going to have to, right? And Kyle's like, I mean, I don't have to. That's, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, 
And I, there, there's a lot to be said here. And I don't think this should goes just for men, but we've primarily seen instances of men being consumed with their work. I think women, uh, you know, we're seeing that is, is equal, but it's always been kind of this patriarchal society, unfortunately. And I think we're breaking that up a lot now. And hopefully when we do, I think we'll maybe get a better work-life balance. But think about it, like Christian Sutton's ex, you know, kept taking on more and more. And I was just thinking, I was like, you know, Christian at this point, very well off. What what's in it? Like, what's the end game? Like, you want to make enough money by this age? Like, you want to leave? Is it setting up your family for financial success for you know generations? What's the consuming thing about work? You know, or, or it was even a thing about uh, Crystal's husband Rob. You know, like, and I was not not wanting to be fair, but like, you know, he his business is more in uh, artistic. You know, you know, telling stories. And there's something so creative about that. And sometimes when it comes to the real estate market or the financial market, you know, I sometimes wonder what's in it for them. Like I can see just from like this stupid thing, the podcast, how it, it's it's all consuming. Like it is like I do this every day. I think about it every hour and, you know, and, and there's not no there's no promise of like gold at the end of this podcasting rain. But there's nothing. But I keep doing it. It's like something that you can't get off of. And I was like, OK, maybe that's what it's like. Of Like, how far can we go? How far? How hard do you have to work? But then you see how it affects all of these other things. Uh, I've said this many times. I had a good friend, Richie Keene, who's a, a really amazing director. You know, he said you know, he'd worked so hard and hard. And he said, you know, I finally got my shot because he said, listen, everybody will get their shot. If you work hard enough and long enough, you will get your shot, but you might not get something else. You might not have a family. You might not have a wife. You might have a husband. You might not have a boyfriend, girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I finally did get my shot and I finally was able to work full time. But at the time he was like, but I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not married. I don't have a family, you know? And I thought that was such an interesting point. But I was also just thinking about that being consumed of work is that Mauricio at this point, you know, because it's such a it's such slim odds that you would be able to build up to the real estate company that the agency is now like slim odds of that ever happening to the, the you know, how big that agency is right now. So, I mean, that must be exciting of like, fuck, no, I don't want to let this go. I don't want to let this go. And and that is the thing that like puts relationships to the test, right? is if you've been with somebody for 27 years and you've raised a family, sometimes you feel like you have done that. And sometimes you do grow apart because life is throwing new experiences at you. And if the other person is not fully on board with those other experiences as they get bigger and bigger, that's hard to then go, okay, well, I'll give it all up to stay where I was with you. And, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. Anyways, um, Kyle in a talking head says, I have made sacrifices and compromises. I've been a really good wife, a great mom, and I've supported him through everything. I want to, I want to feel that Mo is prioritizing me as much as I have him all these years. Kyle to Sutton says, you know, when my kids were little, I did that. So for, for so many years, pick up and drop off at different times, doctors, dentists, piano lessons, soccer, I'm doing all of that. And he really wasn't. So now I have the freedom to be able to do some things for me. And I like it. Somebody's going to drive me to preschool. And son's like, well, and you're doing movies and producing stuff. You're in that old Halloween movie with the old, the old Maya Michael. Yeah, with the, the scary man in a mask. I, I would kind of date him potentially. He's a very attractive man with that mask. I mean, you're doing, you're doing Hallmark movies. You're doing, you're doing TV land stuff. It's really incredible. You're like the Orson Welles of reality TV. And Kyle's like, and I'm not going, I, I mean, I don't want to not do them because one day, my kids will be all gone from the house. And what am I going to have? 
how will Michael Myers end up dying? I don't want to be where my husband is up here. And she raises her hand up high. I want to have my life too. I want to have Morgan Wade. And so it's like, well, exactly. It just feels good to be independent. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I do. But it took me a while to get there. I say, I say, you just have to figure out the balance. And I'm like, sudden, figure out the balance. You got divorced. What are you talking about? Because like, yeah. Song plays into the next scene. So this being, can I get a week with your friends? Baby, come and see my room. And we see Garcelle at her home with her two twins. And Jax is like, mom, are we doing this? Yeah, I'm coming. Are you going over your lines? And what they're doing, you guys, they're doing a cyber smile campaign, which is helping people that have been cyber bullied uh, for, you know, people attacking people on social media. Um, and this is very telling, you know, because this is like, remember the Rinna and Diana Jenkins, and that whole is, I am Diana Jenkins and I did not cyber bully anybody. No. Um, so Garcelle, you know, Jax is in this little commercial thing uh, to raise money for CyberSmile, which is cool. So Garcelle is reminding us when Jax was getting these horrific messages from bots or whomever, it was horrible. And we see, you know, little like flashes of reality blurb headlines about the troll going too far with racist comments. Garcelle telling Andy that it was the most cool thing that anybody could do to her child. And so CyberSmile wanted to partner with them and it was something that her son felt like he could have control over and feel like he was doing something to help. Not only himself, but other kids. Kids, it's amazing. So they're lighting this thing and, and Jade is involved as well. And, you know, Jade's holding up the cue cards for his brother and his mom. And Garcelle's like, in the US, 78% of these people had seen someone bullied online by Lisa Rinna. <laughs> and Candace Dillard Bassett. <laughs> no, she doesn't say the names, but those would work. These are disturbing statistics. And Garcelle's like, Jade, you can't make faces while you hold the cue cards. And Jade, you know, can't sit still. The internet is one of the most powerful tools we have at our fingertips. And Ryan Bailey uses them to make fart memes online. And then Jax reads his part. It keeps us connected. And Garcelle's like, it upsets me deeply to think. And Garcelle's like, Jade, you can't dance while you're holding the cue cards. I'm not dancing, mom. I just can't stand still. Well, you better. It upsets me deeply to think that anybody else would have to go through what my family has been through with Lisa Rinna. And Jax reads, this is why I'm proud to announce the launch. <laughs> Jax reads, this is why I'm proud to announce the launch of my family's GoFundMe cards. Anyways, they're laughing because Jade can't hold the cue cards right. It's very cute. And Garcelle is like, listen, when my kids aren't being the pain in the ass, I'm really proud of them. Seeing the, the young men they are, they're respectful. They have manners. They're kind. They're outspoken. I mean, that's what you want, right? And she kind of pats herself on the back. And I do. I think Garcelle's a great mom. You know, it's really rare that I find a housewife a bad mom, even the housewives I don't like. Uh, they usually all seem to really give a shit about their kids. And I think these kids are going to grow up. I mean, like, they do seem like good kids. They really do. Anyways, Garcelle and Jax, uh, you know, have a conversation as Jade runs upstairs. And Garcelle's like, I want to say it's pretty, pretty cool talking some taking something negative and making it into a positive and trying to help other people. And I think you're awesome for doing that. And I'm proud of you. And I feel like I've learned a lot from you. You have taught me that I need to parent you and Jade differently because you have different needs. And that was a big learning curve for me. Isn't that crazy too? I was thinking about raising kids. I don't know why, but I was thinking about that and just how that is even like, you do have to take each unique individual and parent them differently. And I'm just like, God, this never ends for you parents. Like, my God, I was like, it's not each one. Like I was, I was like the do gutter and my sister was the troublemaker when we were younger. And, you know, like they thought, oh, this is so easy because I was just like Mr. Like 
wanting to be good, you know, all the time and not wanting to like rock the boat. And my sister came in and rocked the boat entirely. And I just thought, wow, that is wild that they really, a lot of parents will have to deal with two complete different personalities. But I will say that I grew up and became a podcaster so that, you know, now I'm rocking the boat, I guess. Um, she goes, I know you're 15 and you're going to learn to drive soon. And all that stuff scares me, honestly, but it's part of parenting and it's part of letting you go. And I know you've been asking for some freedom. And so I think, you know, you're taking an Uber to meet your friends to go and hang out is, and Jax is like, is fine. She's like, is fine. I would literally be like, yeah, take the Uber and get the F out of here and don't come back. That's the freedom you want. No, it's cute. And this is the thing. Like he is like those little things of like, just let me take an Uber. But like, imagine how scary that is for a parent. I was just sitting there thinking like, then I would just worry about my kid if he got there in the Uber and I would just be watching his location the entire time. Anyways, Garcelle says, hey, they're becoming more independent of me and it's making me realize that I need to put myself first because they're going to be gone and I'm left with me. So uh, anyways, it's a very cute scene. I, I, I do actually enjoy the scenes with her kids. They're good kids. Anyways, the song plays and it goes, I love feeling musica in my bones, hop in the car, drive it to the next spot. Vamos, the party never stops, baby, you know. And Sutton is out on the town, folks. She is in LA on her way to a second date. Steve is waiting for her at the Surly Goat. Now the Surly Goat is on Santa Monica Boulevard and Fairfax, right? Santa Monica and Fairfax in that area. And it's I, I was kind of shocked. It's a very un-Sutton-like place to go. Sutton hugs, which by the way, did anybody see Sutton over at Garcelle's for Super Bowl Sunday? And she brought, I think his name is Sanjit with her. The guy that she was making fun of her cat sweater, and she was like, "Oh, I got all, I got all itchy stuff on my legs, Sanjit." Like, is Sanjit still in the picture? He was at the Super Bowl party, isn't that weird? Anyway, Sutton hugs Steve. Well, hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so much shorter than you. <laughs> I'm riding Santos all day. And Steve's like, "Well, I'm good. How are you doing? We're in here." Sutton and a talking head. Well, the heavens have opened because I'm gonna go on my second date with Steve. I say, I say first date you just want to see if they're not freshly out of prison this, i gotta really i gotta really interrogate this man because you know one day he might be santos's dad daddy anyways we go to one month earlier on the first date, and steve's like well i'd like to talk to you more after this and sutton drops her mouth shocked and like well oh uh oh yeah i mean for sure yeah and steve's like well we talked like the whole time well i am a talker and steve's like i'm a listener calm down steve sutton continues in a talking head well after the trip to spain i say i say i do feel like i've put away a lot of my baggage from my marriage and i'm ready to move on with my life and maybe find love again i'll say i say hopefully i think spain barcelona did me good you know um i wish i had a little bit of muscle with me for good luck sutton is uh you know kind of settling onto her bar stool and she's like I bring my own mixer. <laughs> Remember Sutton carries ocean spray grapefruit juice in her purse. I would love the bartender at the Surly Goat, ma'am. We're going to ask you to please put away your own mixers. Well, I brought cherries and I got some olives just in case whatever we're going to drink tonight. I cut up some limes before I got. Well, I'm sorry. Avi cut up some limes, but I, I brought them in a little Ziploc. Anyway, Steve's like, oh, you you do? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know I do. I'm not, well, I'm not supposed to do that. I think it's illegal. And Steve's watching, all right, I like it. I like it. You're like Burger King, like have it your way. Steve, come on, I'm the one that uses the Burger King line. That's horrible. And this Steve just will agree to anything. Like suddenly be like, well, I killed a hobo today. Well, that's great. Sometimes you gotta kill a hobo. <laughs> 
It's, you know, sometimes you got it. You got it. I mean, I know a lot of people. That's great. That's great. Um, you know, well, Steve, I fought in petrol oil today. Well, that's interesting. The human body can do just magical things. I have not farted petrol myself, but I think it is great. I'm looking forward to a third date. Anyways, he chuckles. And he's like, oh, well, and son's like, da, da, da. Nobody saw. <laughs> I love it. She brings her own mixer. Why not just go and bring your own bottle of vodka? Well, I brought a, a big old handle of kettle one with me, Steve. Don't tell no one here. I'm going to go in the bathroom and fix up a cocktailie. Anyway, Steve's like, I really like your purse. What is that? Celine? <laughs> like Celine Dion makes purses now? Well, yes, she does. And it comes from the heart. No, no, you dumbwad. It's Celine. Celine is the designer. No, it's not no Miss Selena Gomez making no purses. No Miss Miss Ariana Grande. No, Celine. Seems like, oh, okay. So it's not Celine Dion. <laughs> you were kidding. Well, yeah. And then seems like, ha ha ha. And seems like, oh my. Oh, you made me snort, Sutton. I can't believe I snorted. Oh my God. And Sutton's like, well, we should play some dots soon. Well, yeah, I'm ready. You made me snort, girl. And suddenly they're talking heads well, starting over life in your 50s, where it's super tough. Because, um, well, because you're 50. <laughs> oh, my God. The other thing, too, and I know this is so unfair, because really, you see that everybody goes through their own struggles. But I, I think the thing, if I would, to be honest with myself, the thing I keep thinking is like, yeah, but you're like loaded. Like, that's, you know, 50 and loaded. You know, like, that's pretty good. So that kind of makes you like 35 in a sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyways, Sutton and Steve go up to find the dartboard and Sutton's like, well, we could play together so we can finish the board. And, you know, Steve's like, well, I want to finish your board. And Sutton and the talking head says, well, Sutton and talking head goes, if Tina Turner can start over at 50, so can I. <laughs> Sutton just compared herself to Tina Turner. I'm your private dancer. I say, I say, a dancer for money. I do whatever Santos will do. I'm your private dancer. I say, I say, <laughs> please, next season, can we have Sutton release an album of some sort? And Erica being like, that's my thing. And Sutton's like, well, I'm going to do, I've got a venue book in Vegas. I do too. No, well, mine's at Caesar's, Caesar's Palace. Uh, Adele is going to have me filling a couple of her dates. Couldn't that be amazing when a sudden song should be like, I say, I say, I say, I say, it could be like a fun poppy number. Anyways, Sutton finds chalk and creates a dart scoring chart on the chalkboard. And, you know, Steve's like, would you like to play butt darts? No, he goes, well, so normally we will go on either side. And Steve's like, well, I like how you took charge like that. Well, I would definitely get out of the way because I could hurt you because I've been I've been drinking my grapefruit vodka. And Sutton throws and misses the board completely. A waiter, uh, she like puts it right into his eye and says, like, well, I got to warm up. That's awesome, Sutton. And Sutton throws again and the dart sticks in the wall and she squeals. Well, see, you're making me nervous. You know, my elbow room. And Steve kind of crowds her like a creep. And Steve's like, oh, you got my darts for me. How sweet. Maybe we should have nicknames like the hammer. And Sutton's like, no, the hammer, Steve, what the hell are you doing? And Steve's like, call me the hammer if you want. And she already said no, Steve. And Steve's like, maybe I should close my eyes. And Sutton's like, well, don't close your eyes, please. I think that's a bad idea. And she hides behind him and rests her head on his back. It's kind of getting a little grabby with Steve. And Steve's like, you do? And Sutton's like, I do. And Steve almost hits a bullseye in more ways than one, if you know what I'm saying, right? Sutton and the talking head's like, well, whether Steve and I work out, the second date feels very symbolic of new chapter, a new Sutton. 
and I feel really happy and good. And hey, I'll tell you what, he's not hot on the eyes. You see that package? We're talking the front and the back, the big old caboose. Sun will ride him like, oh, Santos. So, you know, well, let's see where this thing goes. Steve keeps hitting close to the bullseye. And Sun's like, you're definitely a good partner. Which, by the way, sadly, I can already see next episode's postscripts of like, Sutton, unfortunately, is not seeing Steve anymore. But she is seeing Santos twice a week. You know it's going to be some bullshit like that. Steve's like, well, when are we going out again? And Sutton coughs. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I just choked on the chalk. Oh, and Steve's like, ha, 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 ha. And then we cut to, we cut to an exit, sorry. Okay, so we move on to Kyle's house, Kyle and Mauricio's house. And Kyle calls out, is there non-alcoholic beer over there? And Mauricio's like, um, I'll check love bean. Okay, that's good. You know, when we go into a restaurant, you see like the whole thing. That's how I am. Yeah, but beer is different, love bean. You want to have it in the top. It actually is perfectly served. And he's referring to the glass of beer with a couple in- inches of froth at the top of the glass. And, and Mauricio, listen, if you're having troubles with your wife, maybe don't like mansplain beer to her. Morgan would never do this to me. Kyle, I'm going to give you a beer and not tell you anything about it. I'm Morgan Wade. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Kyle's like, okay, cheers. Well, I was going to have a session with Jamie tomorrow, you know, and talking to Jamie is a big source of comfort for me. For me. And also, I think it's great. We've been talking to him, too. She kind of throws it. And I think it's great. You, you know, we've been talking to him, too. And Kyle and I talking to Ed's like, I thought it was important to go to couples therapy because the more difficult that things have come between us, the more difficult it has been to communicate. There is a part of me that almost was wondering if it was like a Tom Sandoval thing with Kyle, of Kyle knowing that she already wanted to dump Mo and was like trying to have the therapist do it for her. I know that's probably ridiculous, but you remember how Tom was like, dude, we went to therapy, dude. Of course, I was cheating on her the whole time already. But, you know, dude, it still counts. Anyways, Kyle's like, this year has been very challenging for us, you know? Oh, 100%. And um, so, and she's like, ha, and she guzzles her beer. Like, at this point, just have a Diet Coke. I know you don't drink soda, but like, I always think that it's, 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 I don't know. I don't like anybody like the, the taste of beer. I just never liked. So I don't understand. Yeah. Anyways, who cares? Mauricio's like, breathe, breathe, say whatever you want to say. Well, I hate you. No, she's like, even though we've been so good about talking in these sessions, um, I still find that I'm like, well, I really don't want to talk about this. When are we meeting with Jamie next? And Mauricio's kind of staring at her like this whole season being perplexed. It's that same, like, what's going on? What? What? And uh, he's like, uh, well, uh, it, it becomes fun. It becomes fun, right? I wouldn't say fun because Mauricio, I mean, I think a lot of men are like, well, we're doing something to fix this. And that, that, that can be fun. You know, working's fun. Working on something's fun, you know? And Kyle's like, wrong answer. Nope. And uh, he's like, well, I, I, I mean, there, there, there have been. Well, I would say good. I mean, I wasn't laughing in those sessions. My point is, I don't know if that's the right adjective. I think then it feels good. Sure, you know I love I love the that adjective. I'm good with that. We you know we've gone through uh, a tough few months, you know, tough year, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? And having a session with him helps me be more in tune with uh, myself. I hope, I think, and uh, I hope it it helps you reflect. And Mo's eating, he's like, yeah, re- reflection, yes, yeah. And Kyle, you can tell, just Ugh. she's like, I'll let you finish that bite, pig. You have crumbs there. Ah. 
And Mao is still chewing. He's like, all I'm saying is that this is helping us. You know, I think we're in a way better place, a way better place. Like, listen, it's for real. Like, if we, if this doesn't work out, I, I'm going to be so crushed. I'm going to do Dancing with the Stars. Please don't make me do that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Mo is like, um, you know, uh, we've been married for 27 years. We, we've never had so much going on in our lives. And I think it's become um, hard. Oh. You know, it, it's 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 become really hard. Because, like, I'm not someone who, you know, while you're at work, stays home and goes shopping. Like, I mean, but Kyle, I mean, no offense, you know, all you do is talk about shopping. <laughs> like, you might, I mean, I go outside and I shop. I don't just stay at home. No, I know she's busy. Nor nor do I want you to. You know, your career, Kyle, is amazing, you know. You're helping hunt Michael Myers. You know, you got all these amazing creative ideas about shows and all these things. And, you know, you, that obsession with it, uh, the country music singer. You, you know, they, and I, I've grown a lot. I've got 85 offices. I'm going to have 100 offices by the end of the year, right? Like, I, like by the way, are we doing too many offices? Is this going to be like another Pinkberry situation? Or, you know, like, remember Umami Burger? Or like, what are we doing here? Like, are we doing, are we expanding too fast at a certain point? Like, are we going to be having, like, just one at the top of Runyon Can't? Like, when is there too much? I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. Like, is the bubble going to burst? Anyways, he's like, I'm opening up two offices a month. I mean, it's crazy stuff. You know, we're both growing. We're both changing. We're about to be empty nesters. We've hit our 50s. We're not empty nesters yet. You keep saying that. Well, I know, Lovin, but from your perspective, you got today and today you're correct. And I'm looking at, you know, what tomorrow's going to look like. And tomorrow's going to be here very fast. Well, the point is, <laughs> that's not what I, the point is, I'm thinking of that. But I also, we have to think about today. Listen, Mauricio will not be able to say anything right in this scene, period. Kind of talking heads like, I sometimes just get frustrated that I don't feel like I'm being heard. And Kyle's like, I want to be in a place in my life that I feel happy and fulfilled. And then Kyle go cut back to the talking head and she's crying. She's like, I'm not going to stay in a situation that I'm not happy in. The things that I wouldn't want my daughters to accept, I'm not going to accept for myself. And Mo's like, well, we, we have never, ever, we, we have never, ever in this process stopped loving each other. And he takes her hand and holds it. And she's like, you can just tell. He just jumped off the screen where she was like, ugh, don't touch me. And Kyle's like, anyway, um, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I mean, uh, and Mauricio kind of stares at her and laughs in the sense that he, he's like, ah, I fixed it. Ah, I fixed it. You know, another agency office I just put up, right? But it's, you know, you can tell. You can tell in that scene. She's just checked out completely. I mean, her decision is made, whether she's admitted that to her or not. And by the way, I really do think their decision in terms of separation was made even before the cameras rolled this season. It's just like, were they able going to course correct at all? And obviously they haven't been able to. Anyways, we get upbeat music in French. And we're at Anne-Marie Champagne Diamond Brunch. And she's like, I am just so excited to go downstairs and see what my house looks like. I haven't seen anything yet. And she goes downstairs, you guys, and the food is in, um, it's in the shape of Sutton's esophagus and it's just in poor taste. No, no, it's not. She's like, I came up with this idea to have the ladies over to my house for Mother's Day, diamonds and champagne brunch. I just think it's really important for the ladies to come together as moms and just feel really pampered and special for a day. And we see these really extravagant jewelry pieces that are on display at the brunch. And she's like, I think there's probably 20-ish or so like of my girlfriends coming and I need to talk to Crystal today. And I'm like, oh God. We get a flashback to one day earlier with Anna Marie on a FaceTime call with Marcellus, her husband. And she's like, I feel like it's really time like we get to a better place. It's 
it's just it's so hard for her and marcellus is like uh wrong number no he's like well just as long as you guys respect each other's space and take the high road and you have to understand i can't control people and Anna Marie's like well you know i'm stubborn though and it's hard for me and he's like Yep, 8.5. And Anna Marie in a talking head's like, I don't like this negative energy and I don't want it to bleed over to the group. So I feel like I just need to try to fix this once and for all. Anna Marie, maybe you don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, let me throw another suggestion. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's like, it's bueno after Barcelona, you know? Like, why do you feel like, why, why keep, why is every storyline involved with you just pushing? It's always just pushing too much, pushing too much. Like, are they telling you to do this? Like, ease, ease, enjoy, enjoy the food. Anyways, we do that round robin of everybody getting ready. And, you know, Crystal's house is first. Crystal's getting glammed, explaining what that is. And she's like, you know, it feels a little bit weird because she had so much conflict on the trip. And then she said she got sick and had to go to the hospital. And she was extremely supportive and helpful, which gives her hope so that they can have a friendship and move forward. I mean, but everybody was extremely supportive. It's just so weird. It's like, yeah. She like, who's going to be a fucking dick to you when you're sick? Like she did the minimum. She did what she should do. We, we, we don't need to give like rewards to Anna Marie for being a basic human to you. Anyways, it's mother's day this week. And, uh, you know, it's also funny that they're going to be at a place where they could buy diamonds. Anyways, Garcelle's next getting ready. Then we go to Sutton's house and, uh, Avi hands her a glass and is like, I made you a, I made you a roadie Sutton. And Sutton's like, well, this is very cool. And she takes a sip and practically gags like Avi, what's in her roadie, man. Did you put any of that purse grapefruit juice in it? Or is it just because she's like, are you trying to kill me? And Avi's like spicy. Also is Avi trying to kill Sutton? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Avi, if you're listening, Dorit getting her glam done. She's like, I'm so excited about the look today, guys. And then PK FaceTimes her. It's like, oh, my love, Bubba, Bubbalicious. Oh, you look lovely. Oh, thank you, baby, baby. You know it's Mother's Day this weekend. When do you think you're coming back? Well, you know, I'm involved here. I got a lot going on. I'm eating some crisps. I'm going to be back soon as I can in this particular deal. I have to be here. The truth is, you know, Mother's Day, it was never really a big thing in England. Listen, Mother's Day should be acknowledged. Well, you're not my mother. PK, what the fuck, dude? Like, what? I don't care if jolly old England does not recognize Mother's Day. You, Yay, your family's in America. You got kids. You recognize Mother's Day, period. You don't need a little jagaloo watching this scene later of like, why didn't you, why didn't you celebrate mommy's day? Anyways, Dorit's like, no, I'm your children's mother. And I would like for you to make a concerted effort from now on to be together on mother's day because it's important to me. And he's like, oh, well, my love. Okay. And now we're back to Anna Marie's house. Guests are coming in. I got to tell you this food. I couldn't even pay attention the rest of the, the show because I was just there. It was like gigantic, like what are the crab claws? Do you see the spread? I would have been Sonia Morgan having Tupperware with me and nobody was eating this shit. I was like, it looked incredible. I will give Anna Maria a compliment on this or the people that were like, it was the spread of a lifetime charcuterie stations, a diamond carved ice block, and of course, jewelry displays. 
Garcella arrives first and I'm talking to Ed. She's like, this is the way to celebrate Mother's Day. There's food, there's beautiful people, and there's a jeweler. That's so Beverly Hills. By the way, I got worried that like those robbers that keep hitting Dorit are going to follow her to the house and get out of the jewelry. Were anybody else worried about that? Or just Erica was just going to flat out steal things? Uh, allegedly. Anyways, Anne-Marie is introducing the proprietor of Jason's of Beverly Hills to Garcelle. And uh, Anna-Marie's like, this is like the Jason. He brought that diamond for you. He flew it in from Tokyo. And it's a $3.5 million diamond necklace. Are you kidding me? I would not trust that around anybody. Anyways, Kyle arrives next. The, I mean, Miss Shopper herself arrives. And she's like, oh, my God. Ah, wow, wow. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so over the top. And Kyle and I talking to her, like, listen, I don't drink champagne anymore. But I'm here for the diamonds. Anna-Marie yells out, everybody, this is Kyle from the show. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, now Sutton, she's got flowers in her hand. She's standing in the doorway to leave. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm in this corner. Oh, 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 the love of God and all this holy. She's kind of slipping. I'm telling you, she falls a lot. Anyways, Erica arrives and Anna-Marie notices a broken champagne flute on the front steps and stepping over it and tells the gentleman offering Brute that she's not interested in any. Inside, Anna Marie greets her and thanks her for coming. And Garcelle's like, oh, Erica's here. And Erica, look at all the jewelry, spies a very large emerald-shaped yellow diamond ring. Ah, oh, this is the one you need, Garcelle. And Garcelle's like, oh my God, where would I go with that? And Erica picks it up and places it on Garcelle's hand. Everywhere. Oh my God. I want to marry you. It looks beautiful on you. And Garcelle admires it a moment, takes it off. And she's like, this is a ring. You have to give a BJ every day. And Erica's like... Gladly. <laughs> Erica like, yeah, no, I mean, that's how you get diamond rings. What are you talking about? Obviously a BJ. Maybe some butt stuff. Yeah, I'm a giant. Anyways, awkward all around. And meanwhile, at Sutton, she's still waiting for the car. Avi hustles out. He, like with, hey, pick a sunglass, Sutton. You're making me mashugana for sugar parties. Pick a sunglass. Oh, very nice choice. Very nice choice, Sutton. Now, Anna Marie back at her place. What did you think of the trip, Erica? And Erica's like, I had a nice time. I was a little shocked at the anger that I had at the most releasing of the ashes. But other than that, it was good. But I'm glad that Crystal's feeling better. And Anna Marie's like, speaking of Crystal, though, that's another thing that's been on my mind. And we flash back to Barcelona with that whole conversation about Crystal talking about the educated versus the shallow and the group of ladies, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Crystal and Dorit arrive next, and Dorit's like, you're showing some leg. <laughs> Crystal, don't cover it up. Ooh. And Crystal laughs, and, you know, everybody exchanges compliments. And Crystal does look gorgeous. She looks beautiful. She has this beautiful red dress on. And uh, finally, we got a tipsy Sutton arrives from Avi's roadie. She's trying to make her way up the steps. And this is where she's like, well, there's no handrail. I'm going to fall. I'm going to have to call Christian. Well, I, oh, my God, what's wrong with these people? Um, and Garcelle to Erica, Garcelle goes, did you bring your own drink? She didn't. She did. And talking about Sutton and Garcelle's like, cause there's drinks here too. And Sutton's like, well, I came from a wedding. Yeah. Well, no, I'm being really naughty today. You know? And they're like, oh my God, it's 6 30 AM. No, Erica's like, are you going to start trouble, Sutton? And they show that Sutton also has an unomened bottle of Corbell champagne stashed in her purse. I love that her purse it's like a Willy Wonka. It's like like a the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's just like a full bar in Sutton's purse. Anyways, Garcelle and I talking heads like, there's going to be drinks at the luncheon. She brought a roadie with her. Why? Oh, Anna Marie greets Sutton. Sutton's like, I brought, I brought a roadie. 
I'm on roadie. Ooh. And so Anna Marie's like, uh, can we get you a glass, please? Well, yeah, I would love a glass. I, won't, I was going to sneak one, um, but I, I came here to have fun. And Anna Marie's like, exactly. Go get you a glass. Okay, Crystal, we're going to talk. I'm going to go get her a glass because she has a roadie. She has a walker. And Crystal's like, she's on fire. Maybe should I, should I have a glass of water? And Carson's like, maybe coffee. And Dorit and I talking heads like, well, Tipsy Sutton is here to liven up the party. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Dorit, like walking on thin ice in regards to Sutton's drinking already. Sutton and talking heads like, well, I just want to loosen up and have fun. Y'all can drink your cold bell because I'm, 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 I'm going to drink that stuff. Garcelle grabs Sutton by the face. What is up with you, my dear? And Erica's like, she's vulnerable. Let's go get her to buy us shit. Erica sees like an old man or like a lady vulnerable. And she's like, time to buy shit. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, let's go buy stuff. And Erica goes, I love jewelry. We know Erica, the the earrings, right? You won't give them back. Never. Right. Anyway, Sutton looking at the jewelry goes, I want this ring. And Erica's like, what are you getting, son? What you buy? Well, I'm working on a payment plan. How many millions? 2.5? Jason, the jeweler, interjects, no, it's only two. It's a 2.65 light pink diamond, but it's internally flawless, just like me, you guys. And Sutton's like, no, it's only two. And Erica's like, so what does it end up being? Three? And Sutton's like 370,000. Well, that's a steal. I wish I had met you in a previous life. I love that Erica's like, I wish I had fucked you instead of Tom. Anyways, Eric and I talking to you goes, I love diamonds, but I've had enough fine tub and jewels for a minute. <laughs> I want a nice little appeal the other day. Like, well, I'm okay. I love putting them on. I think it's beautiful. Here you go. I don't want to have any more fights in the court about a fucking rock. Erica describes the yellow diamond ring she admired earlier, talking like, oh, a million bucks, radiant. And then Erica's talking to Crystal. She's like, just call Rob and tell him to make another animated smash. What? Erica, shut up. Be quiet. We pop over to the kitchen and see Sutton just, just pouring a jug of vodka down her throat. No, in a glass over ice, but like the whole glass is vodka. And another woman's watching her just kind of shocked. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, that might be a bit too much. And she, oh my goodness. She goes to the sink to pour it out. And the other woman's like, that was a heavy pour. And Crystal says to Erica, how are you feeling after the trip? Well, you were the only person to say, I'm really sorry I contributed your pain. Okay, now it, we've come to the point where I do have to apologize for a mistake I made in last week's recap, where I thought it was Dorit on the cobblestone streets uh, apologizing to Erica, and it turns out it was Crystal. And I'm sorry, because Juliana had it right in the notes, and I was like, no, no, it's got to be Dorit. But it was Crystal. And I wish I had paid, I, t- I had Crystal on a couple weeks ago and I wish I was able to ask her. I, I, I mean, I talked to her before this last week's episode, but I wish I had been able to ask her of like, why did you feel it necessary to apologize to Erica in that moment in Barcelona? Because I feel like that was a very direct thing to do so much so that I had it in my mind. So I'm sorry, Juliana, I write in the notes. I corrected her. I'm wrong. I suck. This is my last podcast ever. But no, anyways, I, I got that wrong. So I, I just wanted to apologize to everybody. I mean, here, like, this is hardcore news, and sometimes we get it wrong. And I just hope it didn't affect anybody's thoughts on Dorit anymore. <laughs> Anyways, we see that scene where Crystal's saying, I'm sorry, I contributed to your pain. And, you know, Erica going, it's okay, honey, shit happens. That's how you recover. Anyways, Erica, this party goes, and I'm very grateful that you said that to me because I would like some other people to say that. It's just like, dude, you got one. You don't need anybody else to say that, Erica. 
Like you got off easy. Garcelle is trying on another ring. Sutton's like holding up a diamond bangle. And Anna Marie's like, she's literally going to try to sneak out with that on. And Erica's like, no, there's a man around here. That's not going to let that happen. And we see a very big man in a suit watching them. Anna Marie whispers to Crispel, 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 Crystal, can I speak to you for a second? And uh, Crystal's like, sure. And Erica's like, oh, God. And Anna Marie's like, Erica, I need positivity. And Sun's like, what do you think if I call Christian that he would pay for this this diamond thing? And Eric's like, no, he won't. Just send him the bill. (laughs) That's what I'm doing with Tom, even though I haven't talked to him in months. (laughs) LOL. So Anna Marie takes Crystal in a corner. She's like, I want to get to a better place with Crystal because I don't want to keep harboring this resentment, you know, to her. She should be harboring resentment towards you. Because even if she did say that shit to you at a party, that was private. And you try to bust her out on a trip. Like, how dare you? Crystal goes, okay, I wanted to tell you quickly that I was at my doctor's yesterday. And he says, I need to work out more and not eat salts. But I walked in with like 151 over 108. And Anna Marie's like, that's an improvement. And Chris was like, hey, thank you for being there for me. It was very helpful. And I'm happy to be here. So she like kind of, you know, and Anna Marie's like, well, you know, I just wanted to like pull you aside for a minute. And just, you know, that's kind of like talk through our differences. You know, I feel like this has been going on for like quite a while for us. Dude, you are quite a while. Like, dude, what what do you think is happening here? Like, what? Is going at anyways, we flash back to the homeless toothless. Like, I feel like this conversation should actually be between Sutton and Anna Marie of like, once again, like this has been going on a minute for us. You're the one that kept bringing up the fucking esophagus. The fact that the hot potato went to crystal is so bizarre to me. Anyways, we see many scenes of this thing between Anna Marie and crystal. And Anna Marie's like, I don't want you to take my passion as like me taking out anger on you. And Crystal's like, you know, we have bumps in the road that we have to just agree to disagree. And Anna Marie's like, yeah. And Crystal's like, my intention was and is to move on. And that's not where you are. Just let me know. Which is very, you know, like, that's great. You know, very adult. And Anna Marie's like, that's not going to be a good storyline for me letting it go. In the other room, Dorit, Erica, Garcelle, Sutton, and Kyle are sitting on the edge of the sofa watching. And Kyle's like, we're not nosy. See, I love when Kyle watches other people and their like fights and interpersonal dynamics. And that's kind of what we're doing with you and your family and Morgan, but you won't let us. Anyways, Kyle leans in and stares at Anna Marie and Crystal in the next room. And Kyle's like, also, uh, sad. Dorit's like, oh, I know, Kyle. Ooh. Anyways, Dorit's like, we're like, literally like. And Erica's like, Lanny Boots. And Sun's like, mind your biscuits, mind your biscuits. I'm douches in the wind. Mind your biscuits, ladies. And Amory's like, I really do want to move forward. I want to have fun. And Chris is like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And Crystal in a talking head says, I genuinely thought that Anna Marie would move on when pigs flew. So I'm like, where are the pigs? And she looks around the room and laughs. And that's why Crystal, don't trust her. Because you, you aren't seeing pigs flying. She's not letting this go. I have a feeling. Anna Marie in a talking head's like, I am so over rehashing this with Crystal. We just have to agree to disagree. And I just have to be okay with it at this point. Yeah. Duh. Yes. I mean, Crystal was nice enough to say, thank you for doing the bare minimum in Barcelona. Anyways, Garcela in the other room is like, is anybody going to go check? And Kyle's like, I'm going to pretend that I'm getting some fruit. I'm hungry, guys. I'm going to be right back. Ah, to go eavesdropping. Garcelle and the others are watching. Oh, oh, now they're hugging. Oh, oh, Kyle comes back. Breaking news. And Erica's like, what? They hug? And Kyle's like, you ruined my breaking news. My one job. And Erica's like, now they're walking towards the cheese. And Dorita Sutton is like, tell me about your date. How was your date? Did you get 
finger blasted? And son's like, well, it was really fun, actually. We went to the surly goat and we played dots. I said, and I got to, I got to wear dungarees and I look very cute. And actually, oh, no, no, get this. He sent me a text. He said, he said, you look very beautiful. And then he said, you know, we haven't kissed yet. And Erica goes, he wants a blowjob, honey. And they get a shot of the bouncer looking just disgusted. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, is Erica, like, I know Erica, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm, I, I think Erica's past a point of like that being hot of saying, you know, like, he wants a blowjob, honey. And the bouncer legitimately looks sick. He was like, oh God, uh, this is like during the day. It's it's too much, Erica. It's It's literally too much. And not too much in a, oh, you're so bad. It's just, it's, it's, it's corny. It's like, it's, it's what do the kids used to say? Like, choogy, choogy. What is that word that like went away? Thank God. Anyways. So this Sutton, how dare you put these thoughts in Sutton's head? They're dainty esophagus. Um, Sutton and a talking head's like, well, he just wants a kiss. I just like to know someone before I do anything like that. And also I want to see a health certificate. Imagine that poor Avi has to take this guy's blood, you know, to do a health check on him before this happens. Eric is like, can we get him over here and get that ring and then you'll blow him? Erica, shut the f- Erica. And Dreed's like, I don't know how good you are. Just saying. Mind you, Kyle might be the best out of all of us. And Garcelle's like, oh, look at her. And Kyle smiles like a Cheshire cat. And Erica and a talking goes, no one's ever complained about my BJ. And I don't have a small esophagus. So. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard anybody say a good thing about your BJ. I don't think anybody's just talked about your BJ at all. In fact, I don't think you potentially have a lot of sex. I'll just, I've said it many times. It's like whoever smelt it, dealt it. Like you, you like literally talking about it too much. I don't think it's happening. And also, ooh, Kyle and a talking head's laughing. I do not blow and tell. And Garcelle and a talking head goes, let's just say I have enough jewelry, but not as much as Kyle. <laughs> and then Kyle and a talking head just laughs more. Like they're saying like, Kyle's like the throat goat. Like what's going on? Something about Kyle's like, well, look at her. Look at her. She's not going to confirm or deny her blow job and skills. Surly goat. Well, she's the gloating goat. <laughs> well, the ladies are sitting together as the sister of the traveling pants. And Dreed's like, how are you two? And Anna Marie's like, we agree that we're going to move forward. And Chris is like, very much appreciate that. And Dreed claps. And then Erica, by the way, this is a monologue. And I'm going to do this, not in my Erica voice, but in a Shakespearean voice. Because I, if I ever do audition for Juilliard, uh, as I'm planning to do in 2026, I will potentially use this. Okay, here we go. I think all of us really liked each other, but I would love it if we stood up for each other more. And that's why I want to say something, me, Erica Jane. And it's been in my heart. And I talked about it in therapy yesterday. I went through something very tough recently. I pulled myself out of it. Things are good. But when I look at it on the other side, I think I was disappointed in certain people. And I would say that the group as a whole, were not there for me. Half of me wants an apology from certain people in this group that did not believe in me. And Sutton silently raises her hand from being guilty of that and says, Sutton, put your hand on. And Erica continues, the other half of me says, no, nay. If they wanted to apologize, they would. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I went to Arizona State University for theater. I think you can see how that has paid off in spades. Erica continues. Anyways, Erica says that bullshit. And Dorit's like, yes, but Erica, 
Do you genuinely, you don't believe that I was supportive of Dorit Kemsley? And Erica interrupts, I hated the fact that we were all at Kathy's dinner and you said, but we were all dragged into it. And we flash back to that dinner in 2020 where Dorit goes, we didn't ask to be in this situation. And Erica goes, no, we didn't ask to be in this situation, Erica. We just all, so if that's the situation, then we should all be scared. And Dorit's like, with that one line, 18 months of all the other support, that means nothing because of... And Erica's like, I didn't say that. And Dorina talking to Ed's like, it was very difficult to support her. She was not making it easy. She had no empathy. She couldn't talk about it. Meanwhile, every two seconds, there was a new article about something so damn shocking. And they see a, a Daily Mail article come up on screen about Tom Girardi, a strange lawyer, husband of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane, is indicted for stealing $18 million from clients, including the victims of Lion Air Crash. Another headline from Reality Blurb, Erica Jane faces backlash for boasting about not giving a fuck about anyone but herself. Reality Blurb, Erica Jane accused of sham divorce and embezzling money in a new lawsuit filed against her and husband Tom Girardi. It keeps going. And Dreed is like talking head, yet still, Kyle and I, we had blind support. Blind! It was not easy! And Kyle's like, you just said a second ago, as a group, as a whole, and Sutton and Garcelle had a very different position, and we, her and Dorit, had a very similar position. I took issue with just how you were handling it. I never doubted that you didn't know anything. And I said that to anybody and everybody that would listen to me. Um, I never doubted that you didn't know anything. Yeah, like... <laughs> so Kyle is saying, listen, I just didn't like how you handled it, but I didn't think you knew anything about the finances. And Garcelle goes, I didn't want you to fall, but I had an opinion. And I'm going to stick by that forever. Fuck yes, Garcelle. Like, have the balls to, like, say in the moment of, like, uh, listen, you weren't in my shoes. This was what was going on. I had an opinion. I am not sorry for my opinion at the time. I definitely didn't want you to fall, but I did. Like, you have to understand how it looked. And that's why I think this whole fucking scene is so ridiculous and so, like, tiny violins everywhere with that sad, sad bullshit monologue that you're trying to guilt people into apologizing. You ain't tough. Like, you all tough. Like, oh, give me a break. Oh, God. Like, this is ridiculous. Needing an apology. You should be thanking everybody for still being on this show and for doing scenes with you. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, it's really infuriating. It's, it's truly like the height of egocentrism of literally doing a monologue saying that she was disappointed that not more people apologized to her. Do you know how many times people can win an appeal just because they have the right lawyers? Like, she will end up having to give these diamond ring. It's ah, the fucking ridiculous. Watch The Hustler and the Housewife Part 2. Anyways. um, So, you know, we, uh, sorry. Sutton goes, well, I'm apologizing to Erica because I think I caused her a lot of hurt. And Erica's like, thank you. And Sutton's like, and to blame, that was not yours. And we flash back to that same Kathy Hilton dinner. And Sutton's like, well, I don't trust that 100% of what you told us is the truth. I think we have heard stories that to me don't add up. And Sutton to Erica is like, I mean, how do you have a business and not know? It seems like she must know this. You know, that's interesting, too. And I still think Sutton should stand by what she says. And also, I do want to say, even if she wasn't guilty of the Lion Air stuff, the Hustler and the Housewife does make it very uh, apparent that she is potentially guilty of these two costume designers uh, and the Amex bill. If you watch it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so anyways, Erica presently is like, thank you. I appreciate you acknowledging that. Thank you. And I mean that, Sutton. Sutton says, and I mean that. And Erica's like, Thank you. <laughs> you never had to be this. Why? Well, I know it didn't. Everything would have been a lot different. And Dorit hands Erica a tissue. 
So it's like, well, I'm really sorry. And then I'm talking to her. She's like, seeing Erica cry has made me realize maybe she needed this apology from me a few years now. Maybe we are starting to lean in towards a better relationship. I say, I say, I love the commitment to Real Housewives continuing relationships that they shouldn't. Like across all Bravo shows, like we're seeing on Vanderpump Rules now of like, you know, well, we still have to go to Lake Tahoe and hang out. And I'm committed to that. It's like, maybe don't be committed to it. Anyway, Sutton puts her arm around Erica. It's like, well, problems. I, I'm really sorry. Thank you. I really am. I really appreciate that. And I was like, I know I was defending you. If you didn't feel that enough, I'm sorry. You've always been an amazing friend to me. Thank you. Always. And then they're talking head Erica's like, I'm never going to get the apologies that I want from everyone. <laughs> Because I'm guilty. Wink. No, she's like, she didn't get the apology she wanted from Dorit and Garcelle. But I did receive a lot of closure. This is better than I expected. And it's really nice for Sutton to acknowledge her behavior. Because she's really rich. And I didn't I didn't think that was going to come. And I appreciate just the acknowledgement. Because that's really all I ever wanted in the first place. Erica, we do know you like acknowledgement. Anyways, Erica in the present goes, I just want to say thank you for hearing me. I have let go. Like Mrs. Ashes in the sea, and I'm moving forward. And now we can find about someone else, somebody else. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyways, next week on the season finale of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we have Sutton giving advice to her daughter of like, keep your independence, never lose that person, go and go get real hard to build it back. And then we see PK on FaceTime. I wouldn't have extended my trip eight months ago. Yeah, but you did do that, Bubba. Well, I'm going to be back next week. No, honey, I get all that. I didn't get a word in. Oh my God, PK. And then we see SoFi Stadium. We see this like big, uh, the field says Kyle on it. And Kyle's like, this is incredible. Oh my God. And Moe's there. The family's there. Kyle on a microphone announces the beautiful and talented Erica Jane. LOL. Erica and the talking head goes, if it does not go right tonight, the momentum comes to a screeching halt. Momentum of what? Uh, Garcelle looks at her phone reading something. Oh my God. We see Rob to Crystal reading from her phone. It's in people. And then Sutton on FaceTime with Garcelle. Well, this is sus. Uh, what's sus is Sutton saying sus. That's wild. Garcelle says, holy shit. And Dorit goes, this has been a difficult year. And then the final scene of the preview is Mauricio sitting with the daughters and Kyle in their living room. And like, we haven't told you guys everything because we were trying to protect you. And the girls, we see her crying and Kyle's like, we're a very strong family. And we always will be, always will be, always will be. That's it, folks. Oh, my goodness. What an episode. Next week, the finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Thank you to Juliana Carrazzo once again. And thank you to you guys for listening. Have the best weekend ever. And I want to give um, uh, a tiny shout out just because I was doing this. Uh, I was saying about Valentine's Day and I wanted to say um, I was thinking a lot about my mom yesterday because of Valentine's Day because uh, really cool thing she used to do every Valentine's Day. She would mail me a card with $20 in it. And, uh, and I'd be like, why not 40? No, it, but it was always really cute. And she made a habit of doing that. She would always, uh, every holiday, every small holiday, not $20, but like Easter, send a card, you know, always send a card. And uh, I missed that yesterday. Not the $20. I missed the card and uh, I miss her. And uh, I, I, I love how she just, uh, every holiday meant something to her. And, and anyways, I, I got this book yesterday as a gift, but I had already read it, but I want to, if you are dealing with grief, I just think this is one of the best, uh, books about dealing with grief. It's uh Joan Didion, an uh, amazing author. If you don't know her, check out the white album, but this is just a fantastic book called the year of magical thinking that she wrote, uh, about some instances in her life. Um, and I remember reading this, uh, God, maybe 12 years ago and really, you know, 
having the bliss of not thinking that anybody in my life would ever pass away that meant anything to me. But it, uh, I'm going to read it again. And and uh, maybe you'll read it too. And, and I bet you'll, it's a really heavy read, but beautiful. Joan Didion, amazing writer. Anyways, I know that's a weird way to end the show, but I just wanted to mention that. And uh, um, yeah, anyways. Have a great weekend, you guys. Join me over on Patreon for Talk of the Traders. And uh, I will see you bright and early on Monday for a new pop culture roundup with one and only Sophie Ross. Bye. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.